0: My goodness alive. Go ahead, please, and take your Bibles tonight, and let's look at John chapter 10. And, you know, I'm not sure how long it's been, and it's been a while, I'm certain that I've preached John 10. I'm certainly not here. I don't think I've ever preached John 10 here, at least all of all the part we're going to look at, verse 20 through 21 tonight, talking about the Good Shepherd. And it just ties in beautifully with what we were trying to say this morning from the Word of God. You know, I, I don't know about you, but if you do something, sometimes you go back and rehash over in your mind. And I really, one of the things I said this morning that the Word of God really said, and I just simply put it out uh, in in human words, was the idea that, you know, it really matters, you know, what we listen to. And it really does impact the kind of person that we become. Um, If we're not careful, if we listen to the wrong voices, it really impacts the way we think, the way we process, and the way we do life. And tonight is the exact, if over here is toxic, over here is what we're going to hear about tonight ...in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it actually talks about Jesus speaking and us hearing. And if there's ever a voice that we need to hear correctly... ...it would be the voice of our Good Shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are, there are three chunks of scripture tonight we want to look at... ...and they're just beautiful. They're just beautiful. So without further introduction, let's just go ahead and jump in. Keep it in mind, those of you who are here this morning... ...keep in mind what you heard this morning about hearing the wrong verse... Think about this is what it's like. This is what it's like to hear the right voice, not verse, the right voice. All right? Here we go. Now, again, I'm not sure. I, forgive me for not checking the translation that I use. You all know I use, I use Holman Christian Standard, New King James, uh, ESV. Uh, those are my three primaries. So it's one of those three. It's probably Holman Christian Standard. I forgot to write down. When what was my attention, I didn't tell you that just to let you out there. Because I know the King James often goes, truly, truly, or verily, verily, I say to you. Well, in, in this translation, it says, I assure you. But this is a very common trait in the Gospel of John where Jesus says, verily, verily, or truly, truly. And in fact, one translation in the Greek, it goes, amen and amen. So he's introducing the importance of what he's about to say. He says, anyone... Who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the door, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. Now, now this is an introduction. You know, before we were talking about blindness, uh, and he was talking about blindness, and now we're talking about this sheep pen. A sheep pen would have been either circular or it had been square, and had walls, and usually had some kind of a brush or bramble on top of the wires, on top of the walls, to make it difficult for either a thief or a robber or even the sheep to jump over. So you had all these walls, and how many doors were there? There was one. That's exactly right. There was one, and that would be guarded by either a a, a hired person, a servant, or the assistant shepherd would actually lay himself across the door to, A, dissuade people from coming in, animals from coming in, but also to keep the sheep in. That's kind of the setup we have. And so Jesus says, I want you to know, and of course he's speaking spiritually, he's saying this, he's saying that, it comes clear in a moment, he's saying that that anyone who doesn't come through the door is a sheep or a robber, okay, a thief or a robber. Now he's not talking about the sheep. He's not talking about people trying to jump into the kingdom of God, and we see that very clearly in verse number two. The one who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So he's talking about False teachers, and specifically in the environment we're talking about, he's talking about the scribes and the Pharisees who are doing their best to keep people out of the kingdom. So they're coming in and trying to dissuade the sheep from doing what? Believing in Jesus as the Messiah. Following Jesus Christ the Messiah. They were not content with just simply trying to not follow themselves. They wanted others not to follow. In fact, by this point in John chapter 10, they were bent on destroying Jesus. They were going to do their best to exterminate the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So so Jesus says that only the true shepherd, only the one good shepherd comes through the door, and that is himself. Now, the doorkeeper, and this again, this is how we know he's not talking about himself here. The doorkeeper, this assistant shepherd or whatever, will lay across this door. The doorkeeper opens it for him, and here it is. And the sheep hear his voice. If there is a name, please hear me tonight. If there's a name, if there's a voice that we need to hear, it is the voice of Jesus Christ. I just can't wait till next week as we look at Elijah's life. But so often, you're going to find out, and you know this probably, sometimes it seems like God shouts at us in a good way. But often he speaks in a small, still voice. And we, listen, we have got to determine our lives as Christ followers. Now, the, by the way, the other voices... The, the voice of discouragement and the voice of condemnation, all those voices I talked about this morning, those voices will shout. Those voices will speak very broadly and loudly, but not Jesus. We have to intentionally hear the voice of Jesus. So he says this, the sheep hear his voice. And here it is. He calls his own sheep by name. I'll let that soak in. Who said this? Who said this? Let that soak in. The man who loved us enough to die on a Roman cross. The one that the Bible clearly teaches that all things were created by him and without him nothing was made. The one who's worshipped and glorified in heaven as king of kings and lord of lords. The one who cared enough to bleed and die for us knows our name. Come on. If you're sitting there and you feel so and not in a good way, but you feel so insignificant, you feel like you just simply do not matter. You need to understand something. Someone very, very important thinks very highly of you tonight. And it is God. And specifically it is His Son, Jesus Christ. That's got to mean something tonight. He doesn't... Have you ever met... Have you ever talked to somebody in the restaurant and you go, I just can't where I know I'm from, <laughs> and it's how are you doing, and yo bro, and dude, and all these words, you know. And you're praying, please don't let them ask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never hey you to Jesus. You're never hey you to Jesus. He knows your name. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Listen, I have a maker. He formed my heart. Before even time began, my life was in His hands. He knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call. I have a Father. He calls me His own. He'll never leave me no matter where I go. He knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call. Yes, yes. He knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call. He knows your name tonight. And when you're going through the darkest valley of your life, when things are so difficult, when when the marriage is not going well, when the relationships aren't going well, when the children aren't doing well, just remember this. There's a shepherd who knows your name. That's precious. That is worth coming for tonight to hear that. He goes on and says this, though. He leads them out. I love the fact that the picture of the shepherd is not that of a driver, but a leader. He does not drive his sheep. He leads his sheep. He goes on and says this. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. They recognize his voice. Guys, I'm telling you, this is a game changer. For every believer in Christ, as we learn to truly recognize the voice of the shepherd, it's a game changer. Because I'm telling you, again, may I go back one more time to the bank? Can I go one more time to the bank and how they teach a teller what a $100 bill looks like? What a real $100 bill looks like? They don't show them multitudes. This is counterfeit. This is counterfeit. This is counterfeit. This is counterfeit. They show them the one true bill. They show them a real dollar, hundred dollar bill and they have them study that real one hundred dollar bill and say, now look at this and that way you'll recognize a counterfeit. And Jesus is saying to us tonight, learn my voice. Learn my voice. And that way when these other voices speak, especially the one that almost sounds like the Holy Spirit, except where something's wrong, it doesn't gel with the scripture, doesn't gel right, you're going, it sounds right, sounds religious, but it just doesn't feel right. You'll know it's not Jesus. You know, it's that condemning voice of Satan who says, And you call yourself a Christian? You call yourself a follower? It's one of those voices, as I said this morning voices that don't have lips, but speaks loudly. Look what it says in verse 5. These are, these are good scriptures. They will never follow a stranger, instead, they will run away. From him, because they don't recognize the voice of strangers. What's your mom and well, as mom and days? What do we teach now? Don't talk to, strangers. don't talk, don't listen to strangers. Jesus says, because they know my voice, they won't follow a stranger. They won't be tempted to follow a stranger. They won't be tempted to follow a voice that they don't recognize, because they know the one true voice. In fact, they will run away from it because they don't recognize the voice. Now, if, you, if you're on your spiritual journey and you're going, what's next for, what's next for me? Dwayne, what's next for me in 2015? What's next for me as a follower of Christ? Where does God want me to learn this year? Perhaps he wants you to learn his voice. Perhaps you've listened to strange voices long enough. Perhaps you've listened to strange voices long enough. And maybe this is the year for you to learn the voice of the shepherd. And maybe you'll end the year not prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it like prone to lead the God I love, but prone to follow the voice of the shepherd. In Romans chapter 13, verse 14, Paul says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no plans to satisfy the fleshy desires. See, the voices often, have, have y'all heard these voices before? The voices that say, "Go ahead, it's okay. Go, I, go ahead, it's justifiable toxicity. You know, go ahead and say it because it's justified." Have y'all heard those voices? Go ahead and sleep, it's okay because, after all, it's the world we live in. Go ahead and watch that because who's going to know? Have you heard those voices? Make no provision. Make no plan to satisfy the flesh and desires. Make no plans to listen to voices that will lead you away from Christ. Make no plans for that. Rather, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So then he moves down to verse number six. and He says this. Jesus gave them this illustration, but they didn't understand what he was saying. So he said to them again, truly, truly, verily, verily, amen, amen, I say to you, I assure you, I am the door to the sheep. Now, this time he changes. He says, listen, I'm not the guy. Listen, listen. I'm not the guy who lays across the entrance. I'm not the hireling, and nor am I the assistant shepherd. In fact, I am the door. He goes on and says it very plainly. He says, all who came before me are thieves and robbers. He's not shooting down John the Baptist. He's talking about the immediate context, these scribes and Pharisees who are trying to convince the people not to follow Jesus Christ. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the door. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Again, if you go to a mall, how many of you have ever gone to a mall before and lost your entrance? You walk out the door and you go... Hmm, I may have lost your car. <laughs> aren't you glad for that little bumper thing? Beep, beep. Yeah, aren't you glad for that? He, he didn't say, I'm one of many doors. I am the door. And if anyone, I, you heard this morning, but let's just do it again. Anyone, regardless of race, creed, color, past, whatever, anyone, if anyone enters by me, what will happen? He will be saved. Come on, say amen. Amen. Because Jesus, when you come in, listen, when you come into the door, the Lord Jesus Christ, something's going to happen. You're going to be redeemed. You're going to be rescued. You're going to be, the old fashioned word's good. You're going to be saved. You're going to be set free from sin. You're going to be set free from the dominion of sin. You're going to be free from the power of sin and death in your life. If anyone comes in and hears by me, he will be saved. And I love this. He will go in and out and find pasture. What's he talking about? Freedom. He's not talking about in and out of the salvation relationship. He's talking about freedom to move. He's talking about the freedom that that Jesus brings. John 8, 32. You shall know the truth. Truth sets men free. Voices put men in bondage. I'm telling you guys, the church has been infiltrated with voices. People saying this traditional. And again, there's nothing wrong with tradition. But there are so many things that will put us in bondage if we allow them to do that. But Christ came to set men free. If you'll come in this door. Now, if you come in the religious door. If you come in the church door. If you come in the baptism door. You can't get in anyway. It'll lead you to a a false sheepfold. But it won't lead you to the true sheepfold. Because the true sheepfold has one door. If you come in that door, something's going to happen. You're going to be saved. You're going to be redeemed. You're going to be rescued. And you'll have the freedom that you're looking for. Over the years of my lifetime, we've put ourselves in bondage. I'm convinced that we have set ourselves in bondage. Christ came that we might be free and not in bondage. And tonight, in your relationship with Christ, if what you feel is bondage, you need to look at the scriptures and find out that he sets you free. Amen. Set you free. Sets you free. He was the one says this. A thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Well, see, who's talking about the scribes and the Pharisees, Daryl? They did not have the heart of the people at, at their, at their, in their mind. It wasn't, they, they didn't care for the people. They wanted the people to be in bondage. See, the people almost worshipped or they served these scribes and the Pharisees and, and, and what they represented. And they were losing these people to Christ. They didn't want that. They didn't want that. So, consequently, they would steal, kill, and destroy. If you ever wonder what Satan's job description is, steal, kill, and destroy. Those voices I'm talking about, now I hope you don't think I'm, I'm weird by saying that, but you know what I'm talking You know what I'm talking about. You've had these conversations in the shower. You know, you're thinking this, thinking that, thinking this, thinking that, trying to go to sleep at night, you think this and you think that. Think about it. Those voices still kill and destroy. Rarely are, the, rarely are the conversations you have in your head profitable. Most likely, they still kill and destroy. Am I right? But he says this I've come. The true shepherds come. He's fixing to add the adjective, the good shepherd comes, that they may have life. And have it to the full. That they may have life. And have it more abundantly. That's what God wants for us. But listen. 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 You will not have that. If you insist on listening to these voices. Because the voices will put you in bondage. But I've come that you may have life. And have it more abundantly. Now he continues the thought in verse number 11. says this. Now listen. I am the good shepherd. Okay Dwayne. I'm the good shepherd in contrast to what? And contrasted to, to Zechariah eleven seventeen. Listen to this: Woe to the worthless shepherd who deserts the flock! A worthless shepherd isn't a shepherd at all. He deserts the flock. May a sword strike his arm and his right eye. May his arm wither away and the right eye go completely blind. Won't you tell us what you really feel like, Zechariah? <laughs> the worthless shepherd. He goes, I am the good shepherd. Well, Dwayne, what's the characteristic of a good shepherd? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now watch this. The good shepherd doesn't just lay across the opening in case somebody comes. The good shepherd is even more than David, who was a good shepherd, but David would risk his life for the sheep. Jesus says the good shepherd dies for the sheep. The good shepherd puts his life on the line and dies for the sheep. It goes further. I'm willing to lay my life down. He doesn't risk his life. He gives his life. That probably was a good place for an amen. Aren't you glad you have a shepherd like that? Talk about intimacy and talk about about incredible love. Oh, what wondrous love is this? That he would lay his life down for us. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, the hired man doesn't since he is not the shepherd. He doesn't own the sheep. He leaves them. He runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens. Why? Because he's a hired man and doesn't care about the sheep. Now, I don't know who your hired man is. But I know who your good shepherd needs to be. I mean, I'm telling you guys. I know y'all. I was going to say some of y'all think I'm down on religion. You're right. I am. I am. I honestly believe religion sending more people to hell than anything else. Amen. It just is. But I'm really big up on Jesus Christ. I'm learning more at age 61 I'm still learning about this incredible grace that God gave gives us. His wonderful salvation, His free favor in the eyes and through the eyes of grace. It's amazing. But some of you here, I guarantee, some of you have a hired man, and, and you're putting your. I hope it's not a pastor. I don't really, rather here or on TV. I hope you don't have a hired man somewhere. Because the hired man will let you down. And the good shepherd never will. Come on. good shepherd never will. Never will. You've got, you've got to love that. And he sees the sheep coming, and then the, or the wolf coming, and the wolf then snatches and scatters them. I love Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. We use it all the time. When he, see, when he saw the crowds... He felt compassion for them because they were weary. Um, One translation says they were harassed and worn out like sheep without a shepherd. The world doesn't have a shepherd. And they're harassed. But the sad part is, some of you have a shepherd. But you're letting a hired man rule your life. And you're harassed. Be set free tonight. Hear the voice of the shepherd, not the voice of your emotions. I don't know how well you know me, but that's, again, it's been a big deal in my life. I've, I've cared way too much what people think sometimes and not enough what God thinks. It's Much more important. Much more important. So then he says this. I'm the good shepherd. I know my own sheep. And they know me. You see the intimacy of the relationship. See, that was you guys singing together, Terry. That's very significant, y'all did that tonight. You know, to sing together is just, it's a very intimate thing, a publicly intimate thing to do. Uh, Rick and Rock, when they sing together. Rick and Rock, whoops. (laughs) Well, there went that moment. (laughs) Rick and Robin. (laughs) At least I didn't say like Rick and Steve. (laughs) You know, it's better than that. (laughs) But see the intimacy there. I know my sheep. And they know me. I lay down my life for the sheep. But I have other sheep. That are not of this fold. Now, when you think fold, think a group of sheep. A flock may have several folds in it. As you, you know what the illustration is, don't you? Whether it's Africa or whether it's the Middle East. In 1997, we went to the, um, to the Holy Land. And we watched as that, that shepherd do his blah, 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 blah thing. And like 28 sheep out of 50 would follow him. And the rest of them go, well, we ain't following you. We don't recognize your voice. We saw it. I remember Mohammedan. Mohammedan would sit there. And blah, 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 and I couldn't do it. I tried. That's a good illustration. I tried it. I was speaking American sheep. He was speaking West African sheep. And it didn't work. And, and those sheep would follow him, and they would not follow me. You know why? They didn't recognize my voice. Tim, remember that? Remember that? They didn't recognize my voice. It's incredible. So, so Jesus says, look, I have other sheep, and, and they're not of this fold. In other words, the original fold was the Jews. But what happens after, after Acts 2? Yeah, Gentiles turn. And that's what he says. he says. He says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock. And, and there's going to be black sheep and, and white sheep and, and brown sheep and, and yellow sheep, and there are going to be sheep that live in Europe and sheep that live in China and sheep that live in America, and they're all going to be together in one flock with the common denominator of knowing Jesus Christ Amen. as Savior, being drawn together. By that. One flock, one shepherd. Now this is why, and this is better to translate, this is one reason why. This, this is why the Father loves me, because I am laying down my life so I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. Do you understand that? Calvary was not about a murder. It was about atonement. It was not about murder. It was about atonement. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. When he said, it is finished, and yielded up his spirit, that's exactly what it means. It's exactly what it means. He gave his life. No one took it from him. I have the power. I have the right to lay it down. I have the right and the power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. Oh, what a good shepherd. A good shepherd that loved us enough to die. A good shepherd had enough power to get up again. That's the kind of shepherd you want. Amen? Amen. That's the kind of shepherd that you want. Now, I thought verse 19 through 21 interesting. So, again, a division took place among the Jews because of these words. Many of them were saying, he has a demon and he's crazy. Why do you listen to him? Others were saying, these aren't the words of someone demon-possessed. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And there was this division amongst the people, and they were going to have to make a decision. There's a division, and they're going to have to make a decision. Either A, is this man who claims to be God in the flesh, this man who claims to be God in the flesh, On earth, is he crazy or is he Christ? Is he lunatic or is he Lord? And that's a decision we have to make sure we have wrestled to the ground. I don't think you need to be 97.4% sure that Jesus is the Christ. I think you need to nail it down one 100%. 100%. Amen. Bailey, Bailey Smith kind of said what I said a moment ago about Jesus being lunatic or Lord. And I found out that that's a longer, older saying. In fact, I'm going to read you something from C.S. Lewis that really says it well, but I don't, th- I think it even predates C.S. Lewis. But here's what it says. Now listen very carefully. I am trying here C.S. Lewis said, to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. This is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher, He would either be a lunatic, on the level with a man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God and let us not come with any patriizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He he has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Now, it seems to me obvious that he was neither a lunatic nor a fiend. And consequently, however strange or terrifying or unlikely it may seem, I have to accept the view that he was and is God. He is God. And these people were wrestling with that decision. And I hope in our crowd tonight, you have nailed that down. I I shared with a brother Monday or Tuesday in my office, a young man just having questions and stuff. And I said this. I said, you know, I'm not a great apologist. I'm just not. I said, but I will tell you this. I'm a real simple-minded person when it comes to God. And I said this before. I'll gladly say it again tonight. When I look around in this world, it shouts to me, God is real. When I understand the fact that we worship a carpenter, a Jewish carpenter, who I should not even know anything about him, and yet again, two billion people in the world identify with him, I am forced to conclude he was no mere mortal man. He was not a good man. He was exactly what he claimed to be, and that is God. I mean, I'm pretty simple-minded when it comes to that. When I look at the face of a newborn babe, when I know for a fact that, that the Easter flowers are going to be popping up before long, when, I, when scientists can look 300 years in the future and say, on this day, at this moment, the sun's going to rise because it's that precise in creation, I know it's no accident. I know it's God. Amen. I know it's God. And that's enough for me. You have to nail this down. Whatever it takes, if it takes hours on the internet at, re, at reptile sites researching, you've got to nail down that he is the good shepherd. He's your good shepherd. He is the door, and he is God in the flesh. And he was virgin-born. He did live a sinless life. He did die on a Roman cross. He did resurrect. Amen. And he is coming back. You've got to nail that down. And then when you nail that down, you're going to start hearing voice, the voice of the good shepherd. And it's going to guide and direct your life in a new way. And I'm going to make a prediction for me and for you that as we do that, some of the things we've wrestled with for years, right, wrong, gray, halfway, half-truth, all of a sudden become clear. And the battle in a lot of our battlefields are finally going to be Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep and I know them by name. Would you bow your heads right there?